0: You know, that uh, particular song has gone through a number of iterations. Um, it was, uh, you know, the story is it was uh, the words were written by Martin Luther um, 500 years ago almost and who was one of the, the founders of the Protestant uh, Reformation, um, uh, the development of all the uh, Protestant churches. And he took... A uh, um, bar song took the tune was a bar tune, um, not the tune we used. That's uh, modern tune, but yeah, yeah, a modern bar tune, right? And but he, he took a tune from the bar because he said the, the 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 word we need to use the music of the day, the tunes of the day, but redeem them with the words of life, and uh, th- th- so we just continue. With that, using those words of life and taking the, the tunes of um, the day, and uh, we uh, uh, there's also in that uh, you know, as he as he sings of the we sing of the devil there the the tempter that's uh, around us um, that we're we're no longer uh, scared of the the story is that he then took the inkwell that he was writing. He felt the the presence of evil. He took the inkwell and threw it across his room at the devil that he, he felt was on the other side of the room. And if you go into his his study, supposedly there is an ink um, stain on the wall where um, he did that. And that's one of those uh, things that, yeah, might have happened, might not, but you know, don't want to let the facts get in the way of an interesting story. Um, and, and we'll never know. Uh, but he did... Uh, um, he, he was, though, that gives you the, the, the roots of that particular... The, the words that we just um, sang that uh, have been true throughout time. And as we come uh, to the Scriptures... Uh, that's what we, we seek. We seek God's truth um, that will lead us to life um, throughout time, that have been leading God's people to life um, throughout um, history. And, and a privilege we have to come to his word. And where Timothy or Paul tells us in his word to Timothy that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching and correction and training in the ways of righteousness. So our prayer is, as we uh, jump into the book of Amos, that uh, we um, will continue um, to receive God's purposes for, for training and, and leading us and forming us into the ways of Christ. I invite you to turn to page 743, if you want, in your pew Bible, um, Amos chapter 1, uh, verse 1, or you can follow along on the, the screen of... Uh, God's speaking through the, the prophet Amos to God's people then and to us even today. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you for, again, your written word. And uh, we pray that your, your living spirit, your Holy Spirit, who indwells us, Um, would enlighten us, would open our eyes and ears and our very soul to to receive what we would have from you um, this day. We stop in in this moment, uh, recognizing that your will is good. So we want to hear it. Your voice leads to life. So we want to. Your voice, above and beyond all other voices. So speak to us. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Amos chapter 1, starting with uh, verse 1 through verse uh, 5. The words of Amos, who was among the shepherds of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of King Uzziah of Judah and in the days of King Jeroboam, son of Joash of Israel, two years before the earthquake. And he said, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds wither, and the top of Carmel dries up. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they have threshed Gilead with threshing sledges of iron. So I will send a fire on the house of Hazael and it shall devour the strongholds of Ben-Hadad. I will break the gate bars of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon. And the one who holds the scepter from Beth Eden and the people of Aram shall go into exile to Ker, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now you might have a little reason as to why you don't hear many sermons from the book of Amos. As Aretha was was saying. And as we walk through this, and as there are a lot of words uh, from God that are strong words, direct uh, words of correction, direct words of, of judgment, I, uh, I think back, and then this will keep before us throughout this season, um, as I, I think of times where uh, Kathy and I have uh, disciplined our children. Um, and we've, we've done so not about things that are insignificant. You know, if, if you've ever been in that situation, it's not about when we're doing it well. It's not about things that are insignificant, but about things that we believe are crucial to who we think God is calling us to raise them to be and, and who we think they should be and what we think is right and wrong. When, when we act in ways of disciplining uh, our children, it reveals what is the core of our hopes and dreams and convictions and values. And so as we look at this, we, we recognize even more so in the perfect words of God, to in the perfect judgment of God that we capture what is God's heart, what, is, what are God's values, what are God's, in a sense, convictions. So as we look at Amos, I uh, want you to notice first off just who Amos is. You know, we're told in the first verse here that uh, he was hanging out with the shepherds. That's what he was. He was a shepherd, a herdsman, he took care of uh, livestock. And if you've still got your Bibles open and you want to turn over a couple pages to chapter 7, verse 14... He gives us a little more insight as to who he is. He's he's, uh, conversing here with Amaziah. And Amaziah is one of the uh, official prophets, one of the official priests for the king. And this is uh, interesting to note that there were the kings in that day. You know, in that day, um, Israel, the nation of Israel had split. They had civil war. And there's the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. So that's why when Amos is speaking here, he's saying there's uh, uh, who the king was in Israel and who the king was in Judah. Because the nation had been split into two. So there were two kings. And these kings, the, the, you know, it was then what we call a theocracy. It, it was that each nation was for God. It was There, there uh, was uh, church and state were one, in a sense. So very different than our context. But for them, the kings were following God. And it was clear that was um, what was supposed to be happening. And so they had priests and they had prophets, professional ones, that they would have around them to help them, lead them, you know, sort of like their board of advisors, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, and the job of the prophet then was to help the kings hear and follow the way of God. Well, Amos were told was a shepherd and as we'll see here god pulls him out of that and takes him in to speak to the king in the midst of all the paid professional prophets to say this is really what god's saying to you not what all those people are saying so amaziah was one of those guys and so he was telling amos and basically saying be quiet and leave and this is what amos says in response verse 14 Of chapter 7. Then Amos answered Amaziah. I am no prophet. Nor a prophet's son. But I am a herdsman. And a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me. From following the flock. And the Lord said to me. Go prophecy to my people. Israel. And. Amos went. So he was a shepherd. And a sycamore tree farmer hanging out in the middle of who knows where, well, outside of Tacoa, he tells us. And God calls him and leads him and says, you need to go to the halls of power and you need to speak my truth to them, this particular truth to them. Now, the really good word here, or maybe not a good word, is that means that all of us can play the role of prophet at times in our lives. We're all qualified. As we talked about last week, if we have been washed in the waters of baptism, if we claim to be followers of Christ, then we are qualified to be prophets. We're qualified at some point in time in our lives where God might just pull us out of whatever we're doing and say, you need to speak this word of truth into this place of evil. You need to shine light into the midst of this darkness. Anyone in Christ is qualified. As we all know, God doesn't... Call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So it may be that you at some time, at some season of life. God has you in a place, has put you in a place, has called you out of where you were. Like Amos said, you need to go here and you need to speak this word of truth. Maybe in your home, maybe at your workplace, maybe at a forum meeting, town hall gathering, maybe with your friends, maybe in the boardroom, that you are placed, called by God to speak truth, to speak God's truth. That's one thing we'll be investigating together. One thing I invite you as we walk through Amos to wonder, is there a place that God is calling you to be assertive for His righteousness? It's a whole lot easier just to I can hear Amos say, listen, I was having a good time taking care of the trees and the sheep. But God... Called me here. Or it may not be that God calls you. It may be that circumstances. God God allows circumstances to happen. To where you find yourself. In a place. Where you have to stand up. And say. No. This is what God has called me to say. And to do. And it goes against the grain. Of the majority or the other person or wherever you find yourself. So this this passage and this work of Amos is not for the super Christian, not for the professional Christian. Matter of fact, even if you really take this story to heart, the professional Christians can be the ones most easily clouded. You know, I have really some Connection some desire uh, for institutional survival, you know i mean i, I am, am tempted greatly by doing well what will help the church grow the most numerically what will help keep the the, the, the the budget the the best will will upset the fewest amount of people that's a natural tendency when you're a professional, but Amos. You know, it wasn't anybody going to come take care of his sheep or his trees or anything. Now, he did get in a lot of trouble. But at times, you are a whole lot more qualified and ready than I am. Or any other of the professionals. Now, what exactly was Amos called to do is also important. He's called to prophesy. To bring a word A prophetic word. And what we often think that means. That that, that prophecy is telling the future. And that's not at its core what it is. What, what, What it means to prophesy is to speak forth God's word for the moment. At times that might be telling the future. But Amos didn't do a lot of that. Amos... Talked a whole lot more about what the people were doing wrong, what they needed to do right, why God was bringing this word. And he told the future to say, and this is why there's going to be judgment. This is why, for Damascus here, why you're going to go into exile, into Cur Because of your... Well, we'll get into the why in a minute. But So the work of a prophet... The work of one that God calls at a particular time, in a particular moment, is to speak this is God's word for this moment in this particular issue. You may be familiar with the story of Gary Haugen. He was an attorney in the Justice Department working in international um, justice issues. And he kept seeing as he traveled the world the sex trade. Around the world. In other parts of the world. And, and just how many um, women particularly were s- enslaved as prostitutes. And and he saw that over and over again. In all the cities that he went to. And eventually God just smacked him with that. And said you have to speak to that. To the world. And so he left, left his job. Um, and started the international justice mission. This is probably... Mid-90s. And, and now a, a huge mission of, of reaching out to those around the world who are oppressed, who are enslaved, who are victims of injustice. He was just a, an attorney working for the State Department. Now God has called him out as a prophet and called a whole body of prophets to speak God's word towards injustice in that moment. Now, the other thing that we see here with Amos, what, what he's doing is this uh, whole first chapter and the beginning of the second chapter, what, what, he, what he does is he, he gets with Israel and he points his finger at all the other secular states, all the other secular cities that are, that are around them, the major cities. And like in th- this first example, he talk, points to Damascus. And he points out now to you, Damascus. And then if you look down to verse 6, then he points to to Gaza. And then in verse 9, he points to to Tyre. And then he points to Edom. And he points to Moab. And he, he points to all the cities around Israel and around Judah. And he tells them, this is what you have done. And this is why God is going to bring judgment. And he uses a little literary device there, like that we read in verse three, "For three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not revoke the punishment." And he does that with each of these cities as he sort of goes around and pointing at them at the secular. You see, these were not theocracies. These, these were secular states, did not serve nor know Yahweh as God, did not have the, the Torah as their their word. From the Lord, but God still called them to judgment. And as you'll see in each one of these, and you'll see even clearer next Sunday, but you'll see in each one of these, there, there's a because. And in each one, it's a because, it's because they have oppressed or abused some other group of humans. Some other city, like in this one, it was Gilead. Said, You've threshed them. With sledges of iron. They went through and just destroyed Gilead. Uh, Unprovoked. An act of of injustice and oppression and and violence. That God brings judgment on. And, And the same basic point is in each one of these cities. So it's not only that we... Are can be called by God at time to be prophets, and that we're qualified to be just like Amos was. But it's that we go into the secular places. Now, this first, it, it's the, the whole world is God's. There, there is there is no place that God does not want His justice, His righteousness, His His love to be lived out. And, and so, when God places us. Um, In those situations, just like with Amos, then he is calling us in the secular places where we are to speak to what we might call this day basic human rights, basic human justice, to fight the oppression and abuse of other humans who are created in God's image whom Jesus died for and whom God loves, regardless of what they believe or think. or But simple human oppression and abuse is to be opposed. That's what Amos speaks to the cities, the secular cities, the secular states around Israel then. So for us today, our role as prophets is to be listening, where God would have us take stand, uh, keep our eyes open, uh, be be aware of what goes on in, in our community, in our own workplace, in our own lives, and, and be saying, okay listening to God's Spirit to lead us to know, is there a place that He's calling us, like Amos, to stand up and say, no, that is not right. And we need to stop doing that. It also applies today, for we we gather today to install and ordain new officers for this year. And in the way that we are formed as a church, the way that we govern ourselves is that it is folks like Amos. They may not be uh, shepherds and uh, sycamore tree farmers, but they're engineers, teachers, nurses, artists who God calls out of the community to be in the position of leadership. Now they're, they're moms and dads, husbands and wives, sons and daughters. And God calls them out. They're, they're just people. And it's, when they come forward, they're not going to come from on high. They're going to come from right next to you. And, and their charge is the same as Amos. It, it is to, to seek God's desire. It is to seek God's plan. It is to, to stand up for what God would want us to do. It, they are not charged with representing a certain group of people in the congregation. They're, they're not charged with doing what they want or doing what I want. We are charged, like Amos, with hearing and seeking and doing best we know how what God would lead us to do. And so when we gather around them in a few moments, we'll be praying for them in that vein. That that would be why God has called them out from whatever they were doing to, to serve in that capacity for a season of their lives. And I encourage uh, all of us, as we go through this, to, to be reading Amos and to be reading the minor, other minor prophets. They're minor because they're short, which you ought to like. Uh, it would be good. It's a little easier. You know, short chapters. It's good these days. You know, you don't have to read Isaiah and Ezekiel um, and Jeremiah. They're long, 50 chapters. Amos is only nine. Uh, Hab- Habakkuk, Micah, Nahum. Just be reading through some of those prophets during the course of this time. And also, as another Presbyterian scholar said, you read the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. You can update that if you wanted. And the iPad in the other. which Whatever it is that you're reading, that you're seeing what's going on in the world around you be, uh, during this this season, as we get in touch with uh, the prophets of God, be uh, looking at Amos and some of his friends and looking through them and looking out into the world around us to see where God might be leading and calling us to be and stand and speak His prophetic word for our moment in time. Amen.